Recording live from a room somewhere in Chicago. You're listening to Smallfish Radio Theater in Thespinaria. Approximately 20-minute variety hour. Yes, you heard correctly. In addition to our usual live format, every Sunday morning we will bring you something extraordinary. And speaking of extraordinary, sharing in the fun are our talented emissaries of entertainment. Joy Thorbjornson Coates. And reporting from the field, Miss Kitten. And now, light shadows. Uh, I mean, oh, wait, I got it right that time. It's just before dawn, after the very, very, very long night of the winter ball. As Ella is about to fall asleep, she receives her second visitor of the evening. Ella, Ella. What, who's there? Charlie, Charlie, your former zombie lover. We were just seeing each other casually. That can change now. I'm no longer a zombie. How did that happen? It was amazing. I was... Who's there? Angelica. Angelica? What are you doing here? I came to tell you that Dex has granted you a divorce. <laughs> How would you know? Because Dex is now married to me and made me CEO of Dex Enterprises. You cast a spell on him, didn't you? That's for me to know and you never to find out, nor ever get a scent of Dex's fortune. Are you done? Because my story's more interesting. I mean, I was, you know. Who is there? Portia. Portia, what are you doing here? I came to tell you that Barney has been exterminated by me. No, I loved him, and he was the only vampire on our show. You killed him. I was planning to turn him back to human. Ella would never love him if he were just a mortal man. Had you told me, I would have waited. But I can't wait to tell you Then how- Taylor shall be my next victim. Oh, that's fine. He just dumped me for Portia. Really? I was going to trap him in his werewolf form, since Ella hates that side of him. My revenge theme was irony. You could do that for me. I love his werewolf form. No, there's no point in it now. We should have compared revenge notes. So, now I have no Dax, no Barney, and no Taylor. You still have me. Only as a friend. Rats. Don't forget your fatherless child. Oh, Barney told me that Ella's not pregnant. This is good news. No baby means I can curse you like I came back from the dead to do. Wait, are you a vampire? Nope. Just a witch. Sorry, Ella. I never got around to studying witch exterminating. It's okay. I'll protect her. Nobody can protect her now. 
Angelica, what are you doing? Angelica, what are you doing? Nobody can protect her now. Angelica, what are you doing? Angelica, what are you doing? Are you okay? Barney? Arnie? But you're dead. Yeah, that's news to me. Where am I? The winter ball. Still? It just started. I just hung the banner. Welcome to the winter ball. <gasps> 1970s Oh, I've gone back in time. It's groovy, baby. Tune in next season for more chilling episodes of Light Shadows. So wait, did I go back in time with her? If so, sh shouldn't, shouldn't this show be on 8-track? Well, I, I guess I've got some time to figure it out, but I'd really like to know because, you know, I, I don't want to have this job forever, and I, I'd like to do something else, and, you know, like... Hello, and welcome to Cooking with Joy, our weekly radio program where I read from this pioneer cookbook. Frugal bean loaf. To two cups of seasoned boiled beans, add three tablespoons of bacon fat, one cup of thickly stewed tomatoes, chopped green pepper, and onion. Mix the mashed beans and tomatoes and stir in two well-beaten eggs. Form into a loaf and bake in a moderate oven. Serve hot or sliced cold. Top with hot sauce. Très bien. Mmm, that mm. sounds good. Hot sauce. Can I have some of that bacon fat? Mm, that sounds great. Hot sauce and bacon. That's a nice combination. Oh, great combination. Anyway, now a word from today's sponsor. Did someone eat the last cookie? Leave one pretzel in the bag. Got nothing left in the fridge but fruits, vegetables, flax seeds, and other healthy things. Never fear. Junk Food-O-Matic is here. Just put your healthy food in the Junk Food-O-Matic and watch your good grocery store choices turn into the food you'd rather be eating in just seconds. Fruits and vegetables are turned into high-caloric sugar-infused ice creams. Vegetables become salty late-night snacks full of fat and cholesterol. Want to take it along? Just add yesterday's newspaper and your concoction will come out wrapped and ready to go. Junk Food-O-Matic for the junk food junkie in all of us. If you order now, you'll also get this free one month supply of the Dirt Burger. You loved them as a kid. Why not enjoy them as an adult? Dirt Burgers, our special recipe combined with just the right amount of dust, filth, grime, and soil to create the perfect Dirt Burger. Don't settle for a mud burger. Get the very best Dirt Burgers. Grass clippings, garnish, sold separately. Available at a garden center near you. 
Welcome to this day in the history of the future. Future! Future! This day in history of the future, 2218. A universal translator for animals is invented. Dog owners around the world are overjoyed when the first translated words from a pooch are I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. Lonely cat ladies across the globe are crushed to hear the first translation of the kitty test subject. Listen, bitch, back off. I mean it. I'm just here for the food. <laughs> that was this day in history of the future. This day in history of the future, 2103. After she unveils the 26-blade Elan Razor, Gillette leapfrogs the competition by introducing the Quantum, the sharpest razor yet, with 178 laser-tuned microblades. An immediate recall is announced when countless men accidentally cut off their heads with one swipe to their bearded chins. That was this day in history of the future. This day in history of the future, 2198. After nanotechnology allows doctors to insert microscopic robots into a person's bloodstream to automatically remove disease, people live to ages 250 and beyond. For folks tired of living forever, the death cruise industry grows, where one can travel around the world checking off locales on a bucket list. The trip culminates at a port where the nanobots are turned off. This was... That was this day in history of the future. This day in history of the future, 2110. Because of a surge of people with type A personalities, America popularizes the super, extra, ultra, a marathon race with a minimum of 600 miles run. The winning runner is the one who doesn't die in the course. Unsurprisingly, this is the first time in history that sports-watching Americans show any interest in track and field events. That was this day in the history of the future. This day in history of the future, 2017. Congress repeals the repeal of the soul-crushing repeal of the Health Care Act, which repealed the repeal of the repeal of the Liberty-Cutting Health Care Act, which repealed the repeal of the Job-Killing Health Care Act. Effectively, Congress can no longer discern whether there is any health care coverage because it was more concerned about what to call the bill. That was this day in history of the future. This day in history of the future, 2591, China buys the U.S. and transforms it into an amusement venue for the Chinese ruling class. Major states are transformed into theme parks based on classic U.S. movies. Arizona chafes at being reinvented as Death Race 2000. That was this day in history of the future. This day in history of the future, 2156. Gene hackers break into the National Archives, stealing celebrity DNA. Using home splicing kits and mega growth accelerators, they develop a host of hybrids. Two are unleashed on the unsuspecting public before the hackers are caught by DNA agents. Jaja Gaga and Nipsey Gingrich. That was this day in history of the future. This day in history of the future, 2162. 
the Federation of Planet directs a blockade of Earth after the first beamed into space signals of ABC's The Bachelor reaches the outer quadrant of the Federation. Asked why the planets established the blockade, Karelian Minister Gnoctral Bax said, There's clearly no intelligent life there. That was this day in History of the Future. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome once again to Once Upon a Thespinarium, a weekly flash fairy tale to keep you dreaming. Today's story is about trolls. No, it isn't. Once upon a time, there was a mean, bossy, big-mouthed man called Mr. Orange. Mr. Orange had a lot of money, so he decided he would try to run the world because he wanted it to be more to his liking, meaning more orange. You see, there were a lot of things Mr. Orange was afraid of. Green, blue, red, yellow. And he thought that if he could rally the other people who were afraid, they could do away with all those colors. To do this, he had to be elected. So, he traveled around the country to see if he could find voters. And surprisingly, there were people out there who agreed with him. Anything not orange was to be feared. One day, a mysterious woman wearing a blue dress came to hear him speak. Of course, Mr. Orange was afraid of the color blue. After all, blue was not orange. It was the opposite of orange. During his speech, he insulted people who wear blue. Pointing directly at the woman in the blue dress, she replied to him, You should be careful how you speak, or one day your body will shrink and shrink and you will become nothing but a mouth. With that, she threw a handful of chicken bones at his feet and vanished into thin air. Mr. Orange laughed at her, said something even meaner about people who wear blue. The followers laughed, but not for long. For lo and behold, he got a little smaller, except for his mouth. He insulted Blue again, and the same happened. He said to the people, See, we should be afraid of Blue. Look what that Blue person is doing to me. <laughs> but really, he was doing it to himself by refusing to stop complaining about Blue. He got angrier and angrier about Blue until finally all that was left of him was his big fat mouth. Alas, because he was now just a mouth, the ability to sign important documents or checks, use his brain or see and hear, had all left him. Now Mr. Orange wasn't even qualified to vote, let alone rule the world. The moral of the story? Remember, no one buys a box of crayons in only one color. And that's all for this week's approximately 20-minute variety hour. Got a story to tell, a good joke, a bad poem, a hellacious haiku, a flash fairy tale? Head to our submissions page and find out how that special guest could be you. 
And thanks to our contributors, Tom Mizraka, Mark Cater, Trina Kakasik, Michael John Kelly, and John Tomkew. This approximately 20-minute variety hour featured the talents of Mark Cater, Eleanor Katz, Sharon Phillips, Kat Dean, Michael Herzobi, Joy Thubjornson Coates, and Michael John Kelly, directing and sound design by Trina Kakasik. Special thanks to the White Crane Wellness Center for providing rehearsal and recording space. Small Fish Radio Theater is produced by Michael John Kelly and Trita Kakasik. Thanks, thanks for, for listening! listening.